Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 331. Today, we begin our journey through the Septuagint divisions and the Septuagint ordering of the books of what we call the Old Testament, what the Jews call the Tanakh. Now, if you listen to Podcast 330, yesterday's podcast, you will recall that I went through the divisions as laid out in the Hebrew arrangement of of the Old Testament, the Tanakh, the law, the prophets, and the writings. And that's the division that Jesus and all of the apostles would have known. That was the division that all of the ancients knew as it was canonized and put together. It was this idea of Moses writing the law and then all of the other books that were in the Tanakh, the prophets and the writings, were really expansions and expansions explanations of how God dealt with his people and the great story of God. I want us to never forget what we're doing and this journey that we are embarking on together is to learn the great story of God and not just to learn it for ourselves, but learn it so that we can turn around and pass it on to our children, our grandchildren, and disciple others and help them to understand this great, great heritage that has been passed down to us. The Jews have done this for a millennium, and what we need to do is learn to pass the story on as they did, because ever how they did it, we wouldn't be here if they hadn't have done it that way, and so we're so grateful to them. Now, again, we're going back to the Septuagint translation. Why is that important? Seventy-two scholars, tradition says, were called together some 270 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And it was said that Ptolemy, one of the great generals that Alexander the Great had relinquished his kingdom to when he died, those four generals divided up, as you know, after Alexander's death, the kingdom that had been conquered all of the known world at that time by Alexander, the one we call Alexander the Great. So his generals divided it up. Now, the two that we relate to more than any are the generals of Seleucus and of Ptolemy. Seleucus took all of what is Mesopotamia today over into Syria and then Ptolemy, that's P.T., Ptolemy was the one who took North Africa for the most part, which had as its headquarters the country of Egypt. And so that is the Ptolemaic dynasty that was formed there. And the last of that dynasty was during the days of Augustus Caesar, earlier Octavian, he was called, the grand nephew of Julius Caesar of the Romans, that was adopted as his son upon Julius Caesar's death. That was part of his will. 
But that is the story, as you know, Julius Caesar fell in love with a Greek princess, a Ptolemaic princess of the line of Ptolemy, was the last of the great dynasty. Her name was Cleopatra, who had a relationship with Mark Antony, who was another one of the leadership of the triumvirate, along with Octavian, or the man who became Augustus Caesar. And so this is an important part of world history, because during this age when Alexander had taken the Greek language around the world, his culture, his philosophy, it was important that that dynasty continued to carry on in North Africa what Alexander had started. And so it was told by tradition that Ptolemy, one of the emperors, wanted to understand the scriptures. So he asked that the scribes get together and that the scholars come together and translate the Hebrew scriptures into Koine Greek, the common language of the day. And so that's exactly what they did. When they did that, they also took the order of the books and the arrangement of the books as they were laid out in the Hebrew scriptures, and they reordered them, and that reordering is the order that we have in our English Bibles today. And so this is very important for us. And in the New Testament, the Septuagint is quoted. The Greek is quoted, not from the Hebrew text, but from, on occasion, the Septuagint. And so it's important that we understand that, if for no other reason, simply because it's the order of the books of the Bible that we study today. And so what I have done is I have gone in to these 39 books as they are arranged in the Septuagint, as they're arranged in our English Bibles, and I have categorized them into 10 sections. Remember, we're telling a a story, and a story has to have chapters and sections. You can't just go on endlessly. There has to be a break. And so we call those chapters. Some would call them sections. But what Paul said is, Timothy, you need to learn to rightly divide the word of truth. You need to learn to cut it straight. That means it can be cut up. That means it can be diced up. That means it can be sectioned out for teaching. And and actually, it has to be. We cannot teach the whole story at one time. And so God laid it out for us in 39 books in this Septuagint, this Greek arrangement of the Hebrew Scriptures. What I have done is come back in to that arrangement and broken it down according to the chronology as it is presented in the Bible of really how things went on. And so I'm going to give you those 10 different divisions. And then over the course of the next several weeks, we will go through those divisions and it'll all begin to make sense to you. So how did God begin the story? Well, he did it by introducing how we got here, how everything got here, how the universe how the earth, how the sky, how the stars, the moon, the animals, the sea creatures, the birds in the air, everyone in one great thesis statement, that is Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, through Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3. And that is the summary of creation. And from there, God takes the center of his creation, which was man, who was made in his own image. Nothing else was said to be 
made in the image of God, in the likeness of God. He made man. The psalmist says he made us, that is man, a little lower than God, not a little lower than angels. The word is Elohim, not angelos. And so in the Psalms where it says, who is man that you would think of us or that you would visit us, that you would consider us because you made us just a little lower than God. That's what it says. Elohim is the same word that is in Genesis 1.1, Bereshit bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created the word God. There's the word Elohim. Well, that's the same word in the book of Psalms where it says that God made us a little lower than God. It doesn't say angelos. That's the word angel, and that's the way it's translated in our English Bibles, at least most of them. But that's an inaccurate translation. And so the scripture says that God made everything. And beginning in chapter 2 of Genesis, in verse 4, you have the first lineage and history and origins given. And there are 10 of those that make up the book of Genesis, and we've already covered that. I just want you to understand that God began to tell the story. And Moses wrote down the story, but Moses was not there. It was handed down to him. God did not dictate it to him. It was handed down to him after it had been meticulously passed along down through the years. And so I'm going to, again, just go through these and then we're going to come back and go over them and over them, but we're going to learn them and what is the content of each one of these. And we'll learn where all of the books of the Bible fit in in the Septuagint arrangement of the Hebrew Scriptures. The first period, there's 10 of them. Number one is the primeval period. That is creation to 2160. B.C. or creation, whenever that was, all the way to 2100, if you want to just round it off, 2100 years before Christ. I date Abraham at 2166, and there are very specific reasons why I do that, and I'll go into that when we get there. But I'm just giving you the overview of how the story was told. The primeval period is everything that is in the book of Genesis in chapters 1 through 11. 11. And then the patriarchal period is the second period. That's Roman numeral two. And that is everything from 2100 down to 1400. Actually, 2166 to 1446, because that is the actual date of the Exodus. But you see, the patriarchal period went all the way up until that time, until the period of the Exodus. And the patriarchal period is the time of Genesis chapters 12 through. 50. Already in the primeval period and in the patriarchal period, we have covered hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And then the Roman numeral three is the period of the Exodus, and that is 1500 uh, to 1400. This is the period where Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy come into play. And I'll get back to you as we go through this on why this is called the patriarchal period in particular. So we're in the Roman numeral four, the period of the conquest. This is when Joshua went into the promised land after Moses had died. This is 1400 to 1375. All of this is B.C., before Christ. And then uh, Roman numeral 5, the period of the judges. And that's 1375 to 1051. 
1375 to 1051 B.C. And then Roman numeral 6 is the period of the United Kingdom. And this is the period from 1051 to 931. We'll go over what books are in there because there's several, several books like First Chronicles, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Proverbs, First and Second Samuel. All of that is during this period of the United Monarchy. And this is the period when Saul reigned 40 years, when David reigned 40 years, and when Solomon reigned 40 years from 1051 down to 931 in the year that Solomon died. And then Roman numeral 7, the period of the divided kingdom, that last from 931 to 722, and that is when the northern kingdom fell to the Assyrians. We'll talk about that in great detail when we get there, but of course, that would be the books of Hosea, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and part of even 2 Chronicles, and the period of Isaiah during that period, even though he was a prophet to the kingdom of Judah. And so that is the period of the divided kingdom, 931 to 722. And then Roman numeral 8 would be the period of the single kingdom, and that lasted from 722 B.C. to 586, when there was just the kingdom of Judah, the kingdom in the south with the capital of Jerusalem. The northern kingdom, which only lasted a couple hundred years with their capital in Samaria, that was taken down by the Assyrians. But the Babylonians were the ones that conquered the Judean dynasty of David and destroyed Jerusalem and that beautiful temple. During this time period, from 722 to 786, the prophet Joel would have been active. Habakkuk and Zephaniah would have been active. And then Roman numeral 9 is the period of the Babylonian captivity, and that lasted from 586 to 535. Actually, 539, the decree from Cyrus uh, the Great was given for the Jews to go back. They began their journey back in 538. It took them three years to get enough people together. Uh, about 50,000 came back all in all. And after they had been back in the land and gotten settled, uh, in 535, they started the uh, found, laid the foundation of the temple, and it only lasted for one year. And then they let everything discourage them. They stopped. There was opposition. And for 14 years, only the foundation of the temple was laid. The weeds had started growing around, and God sent great prophets, Zechariah, Haggai, during this time as well, during this period of the Babylonian captivity, which lasted as far as 70 years. And again, we'll talk more about this in the future from 586 is when the actual date the period of the captivity when the temple was destroyed until the temple was rebuilt. It was destroyed, the first temple in 586 by Nebuchadnezzar. It was rebuilt and dedicated by Zerubbabel and his cohorts. It was dedicated and rebuilt completely by 516, which was exactly 70 years. And so you have number nine is the period of the Babylonian captivity. And then period 10 the period of restoration is 535 to 400 B.C. And during those days were Ezra, Esther, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah, 
and Malachi. And again, we'll go over all of these in great detail, but just to run down through these so you'll see how God told the story, you have 10 periods, the primeval period, the patriarchal period, the period of the Exodus, the period of the conquest of Canaan, the period of the judges, that lasted over 350 years, the period of the United Kingdom, the period of the divided kingdom, the period of the single kingdom, the period of the Babylonian exile or captivity, and the period of the restoration. Now, we'll go over these, break it down, and flesh it out, but this is 39 books all broken down into 10 very easy to remember sections because they flow with the chronology of the Bible. And once you can understand these 10 sections and the dates that go with them, then you learn the events and the characters that go with them. We've got the skeleton, and tomorrow we'll begin to put on the sinew, the flesh. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.